0: it is thursday october 1st hello halloween month which leads into thanksgiving month Mm -hmm. which leads into christmas hanukkah all those others you know Mm -hmm. and then new years yeah what what are we are we powering through right now in the middle of football season as well sure sounds like wow what a time to be alive i mean We will talk about one particular game getting postponed in week four already due to COVID, but that is the only real negative I feel about this being October 1st. Yeah, it's the only one I can think of. Great guest today. You're going to enjoy the conversation. We've got Jared Allen, Mr. Hogtie after a sack man himself. Can't wait to chat with him. We also have Darius Butler joining us and... The merch. Steve Mariucci, Mm -hmm. NFL Network. Good conversation today. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear hole. Now... Everyone always talks about how important it is to get a good night's rest, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ever since you were a kid, they're like, you know what you need? You need a good night's rest. You need to relax. You need to reset, recover, and let that brain recharge. Yeah. Eight hours. Eight hours. But following that advice, as we all know, can be a bit difficult. That's why the folks at CBDMD created CBDPM to help you get the rest you deserve and feel your best every morning. Mm, Like that. I woke up this morning just like, you know when you just feel... Fully recovered. Yeah. It's a full recharge. It's like when you take a nap in the avatar thing, like you're Jacob Sawley and you come back out, and it, and it opens up. That's how I felt this morning. Fresh into the avatar or out of the avatar, whichever one made it more fresh. I don't remember at this exact moment. And it's because I take CBD PM from our friends at CBD MD. CBD PM blends 500 milligrams of superior CBD, which makes your body feel better with sleep prom- uh, sleep promoting ingredients like melatonin, valerian root and chamomile to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. So whether you're up late with kids, pets or existential dread, I hope not. You can turn a CBD PM and get the rest you need to handle anything that comes your way. And to make it even easier to try CBD PM or any of CBDMD's premium CBD oil products, which by the way, they got a bunch of shit over there. Mm-hmm. High quality too. Don't be buying just any old CBD CBD helps out every part of your body and life. They say nothing but good things about it, but there's some real shit CBD out there though. Oh yeah. Real CBDMD, high quality CBD. The highest of quality CBD. And right now to make it even easier to try CBDPM, uh or any CBDMD's premium CBD oil products are offering listeners of this show 25% off your next order. That's almost a quarter.
1: Good lord.
0: When you use promo code mcafee at checkout. Go to cbdmd.com, promo code MCAFEE, and you get 25% off your purchase of high-quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. Let's get to the show. It is a beautiful Thursday, October 1st, because tonight, for the first time in the league's great history... We have a mega bowl happening between the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets. The Jets are a football team that looks like it's the worst football team ever assembled. You can go back to the... Little Giants who had to use Tums for intimidation. You can go back to the water boy and his Ooh. team that was playing <laughs> down there. Incredible jersey by you today, Connor. You can go back to all the glorious football teams you've ever heard. The people are saying that the New York Jets are the worst football team to ever be assembled. Tonight is one of their only opportunities to really get a win this season. Will they be able to give their fans one evening of yes, one evening of oh yeah, one evening of thank God we didn't suck tonight. They could. They're playing against a team with a quarterback with no name, Denver Broncos. (laughs) Everybody on their team is also injured. But let's just remember, and Diggs pointed it out this morning to me, just a few months ago, when we were locked down in our house, we would be yearning for this evening's game. We would be begging for tonight's matchup. So let's put that into perspective. And I know people are saying, if COVID was going to run wild on one NFL team, why did it not decide to go to the Jets or the Broncos? <laughs> well, we're happy that they didn't, obviously, because we want everybody to be healthy and safe. I want Thursday Night Football tonight to be awesome, which I think it will be. Just one week ago, people thought the Dolphins and the Jags was going to be a terrible football game. What was it? Electrifying, oh, Magical. It was Fitz, magical. That's right, Zito. Thank you. I expect the same thing tonight. Teams are gonna let it all out there, knowing that they got a three-day break on the other side of this, knowing that if they don't win this game, they will be the laughing stock of everybody because this is the laughing stock bowl tonight on Thursday night football. It's not Denver's fault that their entire team has been injured. It's not the Jets' fault that Adam Gase is still the head coach. Mm-hmm. The players are gonna go out there and play, and I expect a great matchup. Tonight, the New York Jets potentially stall themselves from being just the third team in the league's existence of going Mm 0-16. If you don't think that's important... Get the fuck out of town. <laughs> yeah. And the Denver Broncos, that coaching staff, who knows where they lie in John Elway's eyes, but if you can get a coach or a team that is quarterbacked by a guy named Ripine to get going and get a W on Thursday night football, those coaches are gonna run with that until their deathbed. Tonight will be an epic battle. Tonight we will see simple concepts taking on stupid concepts. Tonight we will see an NFL game that just a few months ago we would have been begging to see. So go ahead and put your minds right back into when we were all locked down in the catch. When there was no live events, there was no new movies coming out. We had no idea if anything was going to come back. At this point, March Madness had been canceled. The MLB season had been canceled. The NBA had to be stopped right while it was getting good. Everything was crumbling and falling down. Let's take ourselves back to that moment so we can really appreciate what we have tonight. Mm -hmm. Because there was a time not too long ago where this wouldn't have been imaginable. Now it's happening. Who's going to suck more? who's gonna be great maybe for one night oh.
2: That's,
0: cool. That's Thursday night football oh, yeah. 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 all the
3: boys are here at Tone Diggs at Boston Connor wearing a water boy jersey right there. I love what you're up to Bub. Thank you Pats Bobby Boucher, one of the greatest linebackers in NFL history. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well Bobby Boucher uh, water sucks.
3: It really, it really, really, really sucks. sucks. He used to get very upset whenever people
0: said that for yeah. good reason.
3: Yeah, and hopefully Fangio or Gase can get really upset about something because both their teams suck.
0: I do believe the Waterboy potentially gets on the field tonight for yeah, both these for sure. teams Whoa. if he was still yeah. playing. Yeah.
3: Whoa, You know
0: what I mean? I still believe mm-hmm. he's potentially one of the most dominant forces. Is Adam Sandler the most decorated football on-screen football player? Yes. Ooh, Falco. Uh, yeah, I mean, can't, yeah. can't
1: go against Keanu. Played both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, but Falco, yeah. I don't think... Did Falco Falco run him?
1: Well, Keanu Reeves... Falco and jo- Johnny, Utah. Johnny Utah. Oh, I forgot, I forgot oh, about Johnny Utah. Went to the Rose Bowl there. twice. Twice. Well, because yeah. that's about six.
0: You got to remember, old buddy. Whenever he was in the longest yard, he was a Super Bowl champ. I think or, oh, one, yeah. or yeah. like MVP.
1: Paul Crew, yeah. Yeah, you right. know yeah. what I mean. So <laughs> you are very right. And
0: he was defensive side of the ball. He was a game changer down there Louisiana up. State or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. No, it was
3: uh, Southeastern Louisiana is, State yeah. or something like yeah, that. That's it. And he could hit a golf ball a country mile. But how can you not get fired up for loser or coach gets fired? I mean, this is a gladiator match tonight. When you really think man it. really
0: is a gladiator match you should see him play video games too the 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 greatest running back on screen running back in the history of television jerry fox and you told him that right to his face right? oh yeah right yeah. to his face and you guys got along we with dabbed
2: them? up we're best friends and
0: uh he hasn't talked to me since i think you dapped up <laughs> i don't know if you dabbed up yeah, yeah. unless you guys yeah. just kind Was of s- there did the yeah. sneeze thing huh. we sneeze together hitting dabs unity uh, anyways tonight's a big game at Tyson. huge night. game
1: huge game can't huge. wait I, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm not so sure both these guys aren't going to throw for 350 yards tonight. Yes. I, I might like, be over in that. They're not getting any respect. Well, thank you
0: for mentioning that. We have Darius Butler joining us here in a few moments. He's 2-0 Deep right word. now on his quarterback pass yardage uh-huh. over-under bets he's mm-hmm. given us the last two Thursdays. And this is a great little prop bet for us to make money off of. Tonight, we got Darnold and Ooh, A
1: couple, <laughs> couple gunslingers. Brady
0: Breeze. Darius has been watching film the last three days. He said, I got another lock for you guys. I don't know what it is. He told Fox. I asked him not to tell me I just want to kind of find out later I'm intrigued by this matchup tonight Because You know, like Bad football sucks to watch, okay? Uh, brutal. Bad football is tough to watch, but ugly football is awesome. Yes. You know, bad best. football is not great. Ugly football is awesome. And I think tonight you have some ugly football. I think there are some turnovers that you're like, well, wow, wow, wow what, what the happened hell? there? I think there are some maybe massive hits and massive shots Ooh. happening. I think we're going to have a, a pretty good little Thursday night football tonight. It's so pumped. And we're going to have locks. From Darius Butler, oh, yeah. we're also going to talk to the incredible Jared Allen. Ooh. Remember the Hogtime Man himself from the Chiefs, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Carolina Panthers. Oh. He retired by riding off into the sunset on a horse via a video. So mm-hmm. can't wait to talk to him. And also the Mooch from NFL Network. Mooch. Steve Mariucci joins us in the third hour with AJ Hawk. Uh, we hope all your phone calls. One eight 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 Mad Dog. Mad Dog Six. Will you let me just get the six out? Oh okay mad dog six <laughs> yeah because whenever there's some people that listen and anytime you start barking it just cuts out the microphone you see oh well, yeah but oh, the barking yeah. is
3: the mad dog so if they don't understand that while i while we bark it's replacing the mad dog six i, I just figured that kind of went along with well it. the mad dog is chris mad dog russo
0: who's a trailblazer <laughs> in the sports uh talk space this is his channel we're on here on sirius xm he comes up next Hey, I got a chance to listen to like good two hours of his show last yesterday. Yeah. He's good. Oh, oh he I I haven't listened for a little bit because I obviously have shit immediately afterwards. Guy's good at talking about stuff. Smooth he like
4: loves playoff baseball. Was he talking a lot of playoff baseball? A lot of it?
0: playoff baseball. And that's why I was listening, by the way, because I don't know much about mm-hmm. the, the baseball. So yeah. it's kinda, it kind of just got hooked. So I appreciate him letting us on his channel. And I appreciate the callers stop bitching about us saying, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> great. So that's really nice. What are we, week three into this thing? Week yes, four into this serious, thing? Uh, there's a lot to talk about here today. Uh, Steelers and Titans game Has officially been Postponed to later In the season There goes my fancy team Yeah your fancy team <laughs> Zito talked about this earlier no. He's got Roethlisberger Starting quarterback Derrick Henry Starting running back mm. And Hornhub It was We're going down Alright And uh, After <laughs> A COVID outbreak In the Tennessee Titans facility One day after playing The Minnesota Vikings First it was Three players Five personnel Then it became Four players Five personnel. And then as of this morning, I believe it became... Five players, five personnel, because COVID-19 can incubate in your body for a few days. And yesterday we talked to Shefty, and Shefty told us that the look would be for potentially Monday or Tuesday, depending upon if more positive tests came back or not. So if it was just the three, and then the one extra one of the four, and the five personnel, and it remained just those nine, I believe the NFL's idea was, okay, then we got it contained, we keep them out of here. But now that another positive came, or another... Another two positives came today. They, Shefty said that they would probably make the decision to delay the game or postpone the game further down the road. So now we're at a position where the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are undefeated, they're getting hot. Ben Roethlisberger's figuring out how to play Ben Roethlisberger football again. The defense is still dominant. A massive AFC game after the Titans came back from being behind against the Minnesota Vikings on Derrick Henry's shoulder. Now the Steelers have to take their bye week here in week four, Uh their week eight bye week, which is, hello, we just hit Yahtzee on the bye week uh, schedule game uh, for right in the middle of the season. So the Steelers will have – a bye week now in week four without really being told that they had a bye week, so it's not really a bye week and I do believe they're still going to have to get tested so they're not going to be able to go anywhere, so does a bye week really matter in 2020? I guess not but the Steelers now have a week four bye week as do the Titans and they'll postpone it later. Everybody assumes that the way to do this would be the Steelers play the Ravens in week eight. The Ravens have a bye in week eight. NFL could very easily move Ravens Steelers to week eight and put Steelers Titans in week seven because I believe that's when the Titans bye week is so that makes sense it actually kind of worked out for them Mm -hmm. to be able to reschedule it sucks for the Steelers who in this particular case have nothing in their building or any other things happening and obviously sucks for the Titans because I assume they didn't want to have this happen to them but it did now the big conversation piece is that the Titans did nothing wrong here Nothing wrong. And that it's a pandemic. And that some bitch, can get into your life in fashions that we had never heard before. Sometimes there's a DoorDash delivery person, somebody said. Ooh. Somebody said they uh, gave a fist bump to their mailbox and the mailman touched the mailbox and it got on him. Oh, yeah. There's all these different ways, I guess, for the COVID to infiltrate your house and your building.
1: But, Ty... Yeah, they've proved that that's bullshit, though, right? I mean, you take all these tests. No guys are getting it. Every other team in the league has huh. to deal with the same thing, and there's no issues there. So it really isn't just like, oh, we're in a pandemic. It's like, you know, I don't know what happened, but somebody definitely fucked up, and that's why they had an outbreak. That is
0: very interesting whenever you look at it from Ty's perspective, which is normally a little bit more of a uh, a cynical side. I mean, uh, you can
1: say that, but look, look at the data. Realistic. It's look at data. the data.
0: 31 other teams. Zero oh, for none. everybody. None. Huh. One team... Which is in Nashville, which is a great city, and I would assume a lot of fun. We love Nashville Shutsis. is a great city. We love Nashville. Uh, love gorgeous. It. The only thing that's bad about it is those little pedal things. Uh-huh. That, by the way, I got tweeted from one of those little pedal companies uh-huh. and said, "Go on it. You'll you understand why everybody's so happy to be on there." I'm like, yeah, I want to work out." I bet
4: it. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Wait, the pedals is yeah, it's it's purely just, arbitrary. Yeah, but. it's
0: optics strictly. You don't actually have to work out. Oh, Good for you. Nice. Good news you. for everybody. Yeah. You don't have to work out. But aside from that, uh, the pedal bar or whatever, Nashville, great city, great time. I would assume, was there a potential, uh, you know, you go out, you make one mistake. You're in the NFL locker room. You make one mistake. You accidentally go to some place. You do this. You contract it. You don't even know you have it because you're a strapping man and you don't even know. Maybe it's allergies you think to yourself. Ooh. Then you go into the building. You you dap somebody up, give them a hug. All of a sudden, bing, bang, boom. Now one becomes two. And what happens? That person has no idea because they've been locked down in their house, by the way. Oh, mm-hmm. um, no. And they've been trusting that everybody else has been doing the same exact thing. So what do they do? They go and give a hug to somebody in the player personnel department. They're like, hey, why don't you come on over here? Let's talk about this. And then boom, boom, boom and that's how you see uh-huh. we got to where we are right now because that entire situation happened in one place and then people are dapping up and hugging each other and now it just took over the whole world and shut everything down it happened to the Tennessee Titans locker room and i don't 100% know if somebody knowingly fucked up right but it does feel as if there should be some accountability when 31 other teams can get it done but one team can't it just kind of you know and we all assume that it's going to happen again. And you're just going to have to hope that the schedule set up in a fashion that they can do what they're able to do here for the Titans and the Steelers. But how many times can you do that And so you got to start moving weeks around and things like that? This is going to get interesting. And the schedule makers for the NFL are some of the most talented humans. Uh-huh. Okay, they got to really, they got to deal with a lot of shit. Primetime games, negotiations, deals, who's paying us the most, who can play where, what game, what team seem like that could be a potential big game at the end of the season. I mean, they got all that going on. Now they're going to have to play uh, Tetris with covid and you know you just got to hope that you get a lot of the straight line ones and just be able to figure it out like this titan Steelers bye week one
1: yeah and like you said i don't think it was something egregious i mean i'm sure someone you know after they win some guy just goes to a restaurant or something like that but like you're still opening yourself up to that and like you said i mean if every other team is doing this and they've been doing it the correct way and they haven't had an outbreak then there was there was a break of containment somewhere i would like to let the players know though
0: that i completely understand that you wanted to go get a meal at a restaurant yeah a thousand percent Derek carr came out and said that he talked about how he and his wife haven't left the house basically for four months because of how careful he's been and at the charity event i don't know if he told florio this or florio just reported on it because there was pictures the other day of some raiders players without a mask on at a charity event which is something i mentioned last mm-hmm. week because i saw the colts doing community events which is great by the way you should give back if you're in a position to do so but i thought the big thing was like hey Guys, you're going to have to lock down here for six months, and it sucks like that. I am somebody right now telling any NFL player that's watching this, and Chris Sims says nobody does. But if somebody is watching this <laughs> that uh, is is in the NFL, I want to let you know that I would not be able to do what you're being asked to do right Brutal. now. Brutal. No. Yeah, I, I would not be able to do it. I am not a human that would be able to do what you're being asked to do and are being told uh, you're being told to do. I would not be able to do it. But it does feel like that's going to be the only way that this year works. Training camp, by the way, nobody's going out, right? Training camp, you had I think double the amount of humans in the NFL. I think they had a couple early and then everybody got zero. But training camp is a really, the, it's a restricted schedule. It's like, hey, here you go. You're at this, you're till this, this, you're at home. And now when you got into the season, I was intrigued to see the freedoms that potentially you were allowed to have, how that was going to affect because you, all you need is, The 53rd person on the roster who just got on the team maybe to just not know exactly like, oh, I can't even do this or this is possible or an incredibly unlucky break where maybe your child goes and does something. I don't even know if... By the way, I'm not getting into that, if that can happen. But it's just, there's so much at stake. Everybody's going to have to just fucking just hope that they don't get it however you can.
4: Yeah, unlike the st- the Titans, the Steelers are going to control the controllables. They're going to keep their kids home. They're going to homeschool them, uh-huh. okay?
0: That's what Roethlisberger yep. came out. And we're,
4: we're not going to live in our fears, okay? No uh-huh. bye week no big deal. We're still going to practice day, not a big deal. Seems
0: like you're living in your fears, though, if you're doing homeschooling <laughs> for everybody. <laughs>
4: no, that's controlling the controllables. And we're not going to make excuses. And the standard is going to be the standard. I mean, for the city, like... That was raised on on steel and grit and oh, rust belt. Yeah. Hell yeah! Okay, yeah. you think my father and my father's father and his father, Yui. they went to the doctor and hey, hey guys, you got you got the black lung. Maybe you should take a week off. You think they were like, oh yeah, we can do that? No, no. They, they went they went uh, in the steel mill that next day, oh, that very man. next day. They dove in. They, oh yeah, head came first. out with soot from head to toe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and this, they didn't team, live long. this team embodies that goddamn city. Okay. Y- yeah. Last Hell, time they yeah. had a four oh, yeah. by when. Big Ben won the Super Bowl, okay? Wow! This team is going to survive.
0: I didn't know that. By the way, life expectancy for the people that worked in those uh, mills and things like uh, that, yeah, very, very low because of sad thing there. Yeah. Because uh, the McAfee's have had some uh, mill workers in the family tree, believe it or not. And the uh, family tree for the McAfee's, not a tall one, you see. It's more like a shrub. A lot of sons of bitches just exiting early. And I do believe it was because of uh, said air that they were just yeah, inhaling in every single day. They really
5: could have used a bye week
0: They could have used a bi-week. They could have used, used a bi-week. The McAfee's and the DeGilios and the Moraldos from back in the day oh. down there on the river in the mills, they could have used a bi-week or 10. And uh, that maybe by a year or two <laughs> yeah. that would have been good. Is there still Mills Donner? Uh, yeah, they, there's been a lot that's been reformed though into like malls and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, they it's, turned it's, one into
1: a movie theater, which is also a dead industry, oh, so no. oh. it's oh. more uh, it's they more health and, tech,
4: health and tech now, but <laughs>
0: yeah, it's you got to remember though, for I don't know how long, and I mean, this is nowhere near a fact, but it feels <laughs> like it's right if somebody was to look it up. I think for, like, 50 years running, Pittsburgh had the worst air in America. Ooh. (laughs) Number one. Number one, man. Hell yeah. It was just, like, another thing. Like, hey, when you walk outside, it's not good. No. Like, hey, don't even think about wearing a mask either, because you look like a little
3: bitch. Well, that's the thing about these Steelers too is that it's a bummer that we're not going to be able to see if if uh, practice counts or not since the game got postponed. But now we're going to be able to see. Does school matter? You know, because all this homeschooling. Big Ben's kids. You know, they might cure cancer someday, and they didn't even go to school. Yeah, I, didn't, I mean that is a 15, 20 year plan that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah, just something for, hey, long run, long run. That, if you want to get your betting odds in now, that, that is should. something we're going to think about. Eighth just. most polluted in
4: the nation. That's right now.
3: That's right just, now, yeah. I and mean, that's everything's been shut down.
0: So
6: that's just. <laughs> lingering yeah. <laughs> this the is the shit that's
0: hanging out dude it, it, i will say there is something that you just earn from growing up in a city like that and this is something that foxy said there's just a certain level of grit that kids who who grow up in warm climates or whatever or, or incredible that you just don't earn uh-huh. Like when you walk out the door and you're just punched right in the suckle with pneumonia and grit. I mean, that is... Shovels. It's 7.30 a.m. You don't want to go to work on a Monday morning, and you got to walk out to your car and scrape so much ice off your car, Mm -hmm. and you still make it to work. That's grit that Florida will never understand. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different states that you could have attacked there. Uh, Florida's uh, got a... They're just a classic worm. And I would like them to know that, by the way, you guys got a lot of things that we didn't get, like, Year round football and baseball yeah. and track, soccer, and getting in the pool whenever everything. you want. Yeah, so listen, we are envious of what you have, dude. I don't get but we just want to let you know there are some things that if you don't live in the four seasons, you do not know about. I'll take grit every day of the week. I don't, I don't want the pool. I don't want the warm weather. That rule about the, or that, Score about how clean our air was was always so alarming to see.
4: Hey, and you talked about it the other day how you definitely probably had asthma. I mean, I we woke up coming out of the womb with asthma, okay? <laughs> it's so, just there's so. something we deal with, okay? I think
0: so. How come, we, yeah, if you're a Pittsburgh kid. Uh, you probably have asthma, and it's not maybe your lungs, it's actually just the air.
4: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> it used to be
0: called the Smoky City? Yeah, dude, it just, yes. It was outrageous. That's such a dude. cool name. You gotta remember, well, what's his face that was on the local news? What was his name? Uh,
1: Barry Pangor. <laughs> it <laughs> was, say, um...
0: Sometimes it's gonna happen, it, it ain't nothing to live in a great city in America. <laughs> <laughs> that's Pittsburgh. Hey, that's Pittsburgh, baby. Pittsburgh doesn't get a bye week. The Titans get one because of, Titan here, or of COVID here early. The NFL's adjusting. The NFL's dodging dodging. dodging, ducking, dipping, diving, and dodging COVID as much as they can, but will they be able to dodge a sock ball? Absolutely not. That happens tonight. (laughs) Uh, Joining us now is a man that's been helping us beat FanDuel with a particular prop bet that I don't think they saw coming. Uh, (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, a man who was in the NFL for a long time, played corner and safety. Now he's host of the Man to Man podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler.
6: What's up, fellas, what's
0: up? Why'd you cut? You left the Butler Casino. Now you're up in front of some books. What happened out there?
6: Yeah, man, I gotta switch it up. You know, I go back and forth. Go from the studio to the, to the bookshelf, the office. I will switch it up. And I, I gotta move around the house.
0: I respect that a lot. Uh, can I get your thoughts real quick on the game being postponed and the Steelers being uh, basically forced into a bye week here without knowing it, and then potentially they're going to lose their bye week later, and it's going to change back and all that. If you're oh, wow. if you're play, yeah, they're they get a week four bye, and then they're supposed to have a week eight buy but mm-hmm. the Ra- the titans have a week seven buy so they're going to push the game between the steelers and the ravens from week seven to week eight and then they're going to play the titans in week seven which is where the titans buy is so now the steelers Whoa. and titans take their buy now this is probably what they're going to do this has not been oh. officialized but this seems to make the most sense not that the most sense always wins in these particular yeah. situations but if you're a player and you get told on a Thursday hey you, this is your bye week now what is your mindset and do you have to just be like at this point that's 2020 like this type of shit's going to happen
6: exactly uh, I feel like coming into this season um guys kind of prepare for you know the unexpected and you knew uh was going to be a fair season nothing about the season was going to be normal Uh, I'm sure everybody has some type of contingency plans when it came to this. But as a player, you just got to be ready to play. And I saw that they were saying uh, earlier the guys would just be able to watch film and not even be able to go in the facility and go out there and play. That would have obviously been unfair. But um, as a player, you just got to do what you got to do, especially with a year like this with everything that's going on. Um, The sooner you know, um, just like you you know, the sooner you know what the plan is, the better you can prepare and uh, be mentally and uh, physically ready to play. But uh, that early bye week sucks. We know nobody wants a buy week in week four, especially if you've been anticipating one in week eight, which would have been perfect. Um, So it sucks for them, but uh, I'm sure they'll adapt and, uh, you know, make it happen. The importance of a bye week is
0: understated. People come back as if it's an off season, but like that, it's almost has a feeling as if guys just had like three months off because you're getting, Mm -hmm. you get into this routine every day. Groundhogs day. The NFL is groundhogs day. Just the same day. One after another. Here we go. And not for me, but for guys that are hitting people and having to study, like they have to study just as much as kids that are in school, even more so. So it's just like the hitting, the studying, the grind, the this, the treatment, the rehab the this, the that. And then you get a break in that for like five days and guys just get to like go home or travel or whatever. Now they won't be able to do that this year, but even just get out of that routine for a little bit, yep. watch some TV. When guys come back, there's this renewed energy. There's like, hey, where'd you go? There's stories as if it was a fucking off season. There's this <laughs> like a, hey, here we go. And now like, that's the word. The thing that I feel bad for most is the Steelers players that didn't know they had a bye week right now. So they didn't even get a chance to be
6: like, hey, didn't even, yeah,
0: didn't even get a chance to shut it off just for a couple of days. Cause that's a b- <laughs> very important thing now that we're learning more and more about mental health. But I think, I think the importance of a bye week doesn't get talked about enough for an entire team's energy. In a week four bye week absolutely sucks. I mean, it's like, well, now you got 13 weeks on the back end here <laughs> oh, you gotta go. And
6: exactly. And, and the fillers, you know, they'll be in the I, I think they'll be in the playoffs uh, this year. So you'll see them having a long season. So you got a week four bye week, and then you got, you know, 12, 14, 15 more weeks. Straight, uh, which is brutal, especially when you're uh, living in a place when it's cold. That, that makes a difference, too. No, no, Pittsburgh's a dream. That makes a difference. When you're in the cold, I know for me it did. When you're in a cold city, you're looking for, you got that bi-week circle. You're looking at the schedule, you got that bi-week circle, and it's like a whole new season, like you said, coming out on the other side of that. So um, they can't get away on vacation, obviously, but now to not even have that bi-week, it, it, you know, blinders, put your blinders on, keep Climb. shopping away. And just focus on what's in front of you, Pittsburgh. You guys got it. Hey,
0: remember, you're not you're a human. Excuses. Remember, you're not a human. So we don't want to hear shit <laughs> about you being sore, okay? You are <laughs> yep. you are getting paid a lot of money. So the thought that you even wanna you wanna break? Get the fuck out of here. Get we don't here.
6: even want to hear it, pal. There's no wall, yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. Twenty twenty has been it's been a battle, it's been a challenge for everybody, man. So um I I don't think, you know, People feel sorry for him. They shouldn't feel sorry for themselves. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're football players. We adapt. Whatever it is, we got to go out there and roll it out and play, man.
0: What did Chuck Pagano uh, – what did Robert Mathis tell Chuck Pagano? Um,
6: there ain't no pity damn. parties in the Yeah, ain't no, ain't no pity parties in the NFL, man. <laughs> and that, and that, that carries on. That is what it is. We had a
0: loss. I forget what it was. And uh, <laughs> it was like a very quiet locker room or whatever. And Chuck was like, Robert, you got him or whatever. And Robert goes, all right. There ain't no pity parties in the NFL. Team on three. One, two, three, <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what i to All right, going well, to the next one. <laughs> well, okay. I guess you're fucking right. I mean, I hope we win next week because I'll tell you what, there will be a lot of pity in this <laughs> son of sucks. Uh, tonight, we got a quarterback named Rypeen taking on a quarterback named Samuel Darnold. You have been 2-0 in predicting who's going to go over or under in pass yards and has hammered down DB's deep dive into the quarterback passing yards over under tonight in the NFL's version of the Mega Bowl. Who will suck more? Who will suck less? <laughs> What do you have? What are we hammering tonight, Darius?
6: Man, uh, it's it's hard to imagine anybody can suck more than the Jets have uh, this year so far. Um, and this is, you know, I've hammered the over the last two times. It's the first time I'm going to hammer the under. Whoa. Guy. And, and Sam Darnold with the Jets, wow. man. I can't see him hitting over uh, 225 against this uh, Broncos defense. Uh, and it's not all on him. It's the weapons that he has available. He will get Crowder back. But uh, Gates and the play call, it, it's terrible. It, it's terrible all around. No protection. On the left tackle is probably the only good lineman up there blocking for him. And uh, so I just see him struggling again uh, tonight. But on the flip side, ripping mm-hmm. the Mountain's West all-time leading passer, He'll get his first shot, his first crack at it, and uh, I'm taking an over on him. Yeah! Every yeah. oh, oh. yeah. over on that guy, man. Uh he had a drive uh, where he looked very confident. Obviously he was playing against a softer uh defense, softer coverages last week against the um against the Bucks later on in the game, but he looked he looked decisive. He was checking protections, he was hitting guys, and he's have he has weapons around him. Uh Fant, Judy, uh, you know, the list goes on, so he has weapons around him, so I'm looking for him to uh, hit the over. Oh, you think he's gonna have like a big night, or you think he's just gonna uh, I wouldn't say a big night, but he'll. Have, I think he'll definitely uh, hit over. Uh, he'll be pretty accurate. I'm assuming. I think he'll definitely get over 205. I think that's a pretty easy, pretty easy line for an NFL quarterback. Um, he's been throwing against these guys and on a scout team and dealing with those guys rushing. So he he'll get some action with him And the Jets. they're what they have on defense is not uh, even comparable to the Buck. So um, it'll look it'll look a little easier to him tonight. Is, is
0: accuracy the biggest Achilles heel for a DB from a quarterback?
6: Ah yes, yeah, it's, it's accuracy and it's it's more so knowing um you know the quarterback knowing where to go with the ball pre-snap because that's what a lot of and, and a lot of it, a lot of these quarterbacks know where they're going with the ball you know before the ball is even snapped they, they, and a lot, the smart ones are just kind of manipulating the defenders and moving them with their eyes and and moving and, and shifting coverages but they know pre-snap you know okay it's going to be this a variation of this coverage or that coverage so I know this is where I go with the ball. If you hear like Romo um, covering games he breaks it down and makes it pretty simple. It's not as compl- complicated as people make it. You know a single high coverage you know you're going to have one-on-ones on the outside. If it's split safety you know where those gaps will be um, in the inside and, um, so so he's a, he looks like he's a smart kid through, for a lot of yards in college. So I'm excited for him getting his first opportunity against the New York Jets.
0: They're bad at football. the um, Really bad. In college, I've gotten a chance to watch a lot of college football here the last year and a half or so. I, I And I said this kind of half-jokingly, but pretty serious. I think I could be a Heisman finalist as a quarterback in college, right? Because Whoa. I do. I honestly do believe oh, yeah. that.
6: Yeah, I, I, you, I, I would. No, I would not hammer that bit. Oh, I would not. We are not. Hey, by that. the way, just, just want to let you know, d
0: like didn't, didn't you're care. You're an athlete, though. Didn't care for your opinion. <laughs> okay, I was getting to something that I wanted your opinion on. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's all right. Can you please? Yeah, well, I will, but I just want to let you know that <laughs> I was going to and get to somewhere where I would be like, hey, d would like your opinion on this. I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> yeah. okay? Got gotcha. Okay. But in college, guys are wide open. Okay, guys are mm-hmm. wide open on the back. I saw a guy throw up like 400 yards, and I don't think there was a single corner in sight for any of the receivers, right? Clemson has a great defense. There's some teams that have great defenses, but for a majority of these college teams, guys are just wide open. In, in the NFL, though, with these quarterbacks, if you miss by a half a yard or you miss by just a little bit, like you guys are eating on like that is I, yeah. is that the biggest jump with like a younger quarterback It's like not only got to be able to, smart enough to handle it and all that shit but if you miss at all the target is so small because you got freaks defending these guys as opposed to just wide open wide receivers that are running down the field.
6: Yeah, the the windows are, are much much uh much much tighter and uh, so from the D perspective um playing quarterbacks and on the college level, um you know it was so much more room for error for me like I would come come out of a break. I can peek in the backfield and kind of make a play on the ball more times than not, but then making that step to the NFL, coming out of that break, you had to be right on the man. You had to be as close as possible and just try to get a hand, just try to – because the ball was going to be there. It was going to be out in front. It was going to be right in the um, you know position. Sometimes they'll even throw it behind them intentionally to kind of turn them back into the defense. Like, hey, I don't want to lead you into that hit, so I'm going to put it on your back shoulder and turn you that way. So on uh, the accuracy is the biggest thing. And that, once again, goes back to um, how many things can you eliminate as a quarterback pre-snap, you know, to know uh, where to throw, this, throw the ball because that's going to help you with your accuracy. You can um, you know, you can predetermine where guys are going to be, where the coverage guys are going to be, where my receiver is going to be. And um, these balls, you see it. You see balls completed uh, all over the field, but these are like very calculated, like dig routes. I, I put a video up uh, yesterday on, on uh, Twitter about Trubisky being uh, benched, and it's a dig route. Like that dig route, you want to complete that about two yards outside the hash. Like that's where you want to complete that ball as a quarterback. And if it's two – Too wide or too uh, far inside is probably going to be a pick. So um, it's that meticulous, and now the quarterbacks are that good and that accurate on this level.
0: That's why it's so insane to me because, like, this ripping guy, I've never heard of him. But mm-hmm. if he's accurate, he has a chance. And he, he might not have even been the most explosive quarterback in college. You said he's all-time leader in Mountain West or whatever. Yep. You can see these guys who are really good in college, but then they get in the NFL, and they're not as accurate as they have to be, and dudes just eat them alive. And it's like it, that, those are gimmies for you guys
6: almost. Yeah, this, this, ain't, this ain't the Mountain West. But um, <laughs> if, if, he, if, he, if he got some good coaches – that can help him out and um, you know he's got he's got a young group of players around him as well so they're all kind of growing up together but um so it's going to really be on that coaching staff to put him in favorable positions he's got two good running backs behind him as well so the thing about young quarterbacks you want a good tight end he's, he's got that in fan and you want running backs that you can dump it out and just check and just get into Gordon, get into Liz's hand and make them um, do something with it after the ball. And then you pick and choose when you take your shot. So um, hopefully the coaching staff kind of got a good plan together. But talent wise in between the years, I think he's got it. But, um, you know, it's about getting those live reps and uh, it's a prime time game. And uh, he got his first action last week and kind of a short week where he's not getting any real practice full time reps. Um, this week. So he's just going out there and playing. So uh, I'm excited for him and uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully he goes out there and put on a show.
0: As long as he throws for 205 yards. Yep. <laughs>
6: 205.
0: That's all, That's we, all need. we need. That's all we need, dude. Not, nothing much more, dude.
3: d you mentioned the uh, Jets wide receivers and they're kind of banged up. If you're in the Denver secondary, are you trying to like get up in their face or confuse them at all? Or are you sitting back and just letting that stooge you gaze call a terrible play and picking it
6: up? <laughs> oh, no. I'm getting in their face. Uh, just like Pat was talking about. I want to make those windows as tight as possible. I don't mm-hmm. want to give um, I don't want to give Darnold, you know, wide right zones, easy zones, giving free access to the receivers. I want to get in their face as much as possible and uh, give give my rush a chance to get home uh, because that O-line in front of him isn't great. So uh, the, the more we can disrupt the receivers, the more we can get in their face and throw off timing, uh, the more time that it gives uh, our guys to get after Darnold. And, and if you've been watching Darnold at all, he's been running for his life, uh, you know, all, <laughs> all season. You know, the, the first three games averaging like 175 in the air. And the throws that he has made, they've been like amazing throws, but he has to make a Superman-type play every time. So I'm getting in their face, and I'm challenging those guys for sure.
0: He had two pick-sixes last week. I don't know how reckless he's going to be this week, but, I mean, he's got to go for it. It's almost like the um, we were told by Jordan Palmer that uh, Jordan Love, whenever he was in college, Mm -hmm. he was the only stud on his team. So basically he was told, like, hey, go out there and make a play. I think he threw, like, 17 interceptions or something Mm -hmm. like that. And he's the only guy on the team, basically. So he's like, I got to go force things. I got to go to – I wonder if Sam Darnold feels that same way. Like, I have to make an insane play every single play or we're going to lose by even more somehow. And it's – who knows? I could backfire for him, especially against – Broncos obviously don't have – they don't have Von Miller. Um, nope. On the defense side AJ of the ball, Booyer, I, I think Bouye is out in the corner, but they have a pretty good defense. Yeah. I think they're mm-hmm. known for having a pretty good defense, so this could be more problems for the New York Jets tonight, DB. How come coverage sacks don't get talked about? You know, it's always like the de- the defensive line did this, the defensive line did that. Do you guys ever kind of get pissed off that you don't get any credit for that?
6: Uh, no, not really because they don't really get credit sometimes, you know, when um, you know, when guys can jump routes uh based off, you know, having a uh, Miles Garrett or somebody like that coming off the okay. edge. So, you know, that, you know, or Von Miller obviously he's out right now, but if you have a guy like that, you know, as a cornerback, I can take more uh, calculated risks. So it's kind of it's, it's a give and take, man. We let them get their credit. You know, we get ours. Uh, you know, we're not we're not we're not divas. We're not pretty prima donnas like the receivers. So um, it's a team game, man. Let me get the job done.
0: I do believe that that is a pretty hilarious sentiment because. DBs have to have mm-hmm. a confidence level that is sky high. Like, have to, yep. have to be. Like, damn near arrogant, have to be there. Because you are on an island. You don't know what the other person's doing. You have to react. You have to be the best athlete on the field. But you don't have that kind of – I mean, I'm sure there are some. But the wide receiver is very divish. That's like, hey, you mm-hmm. need to get them the ball. Like, even commentators, like, this is the type of wide receiver that you have to get them the ball earlier or kind of check yeah. out of it. Corners don't have it. Kind of a dog mentality out of the corners just with them, an insane amount of confidence and arrogance almost.
6: Yeah, it's a very uh, unforgiving position. And, and everybody's an expert on your position as well. <laughs> when, you beat, when you get beat, you know, you're going to be on there. That camera's going to be on you. You know, it's not going to say, oh, the D-line, you know, gave him extra time or he let Pat Mahomes break the pocket. just going to show over and over and over the clip of you getting beat. So um, it's definitely a tough position. And sometimes, you know, you can as a, as a corner, you can have – you know, 55 great plays, but if you got three or four bad ones, you know, everybody's calling for your head. So uh, it's, it's definitely a tough position, and uh, but that, that's a real thing with those receivers, man. And some guys, <laughs> who, if you don't get them the ball early, you don't get them involved early, mentally they're just out of it. You saw uh, the clip, I don't know if you saw it, with uh, Baker Mayfield, he threw a touchdown to another guy. And he jogged over to, like, Beckham and Landry, like, hey, guys, you know, just be patient because you kind of know once those guys kind of get out of there, it's like, all right, we're not involved in the game, playing this, that, and the third and other things start to, you know, creep into that locker room. But um, definitely a tough position for that quarterback to get it, keep everybody happy. But uh, screw those receivers, man. I can give two shit. <laughs> Ah,
4: DB we know you're a big all 22 film guy studying the tape have you had a chance to look at the Seattle Seahawks secondary because I think they're giving up like 400 yards a game and it feels like if Russ doesn't throw for five touchdowns they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna lose some games have you had a chance to study that film and, and see if their problems are fixable and what's going on there
6: Yeah, I have, but that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. It's the pass rush. The best pass rusher on their team is in the secondary with Jamal Adams. So um, I don't care how good you are as a a secondary. And it's not like they have, you know, a a ton of talent back there. They're definitely a talented secondary, but they're not good enough to uh, stop guys without a pass rush. You know, and and that's most – Secondaries, You know, you need that in the NFL. You need to, uh, you know, uh, harass that passer and not let him be comfortable and even, you know, have him seeing ghosts sometimes. But you're not going to be seeing ghosts against a pass rush that's not getting after you. And uh, Russ has kind of been uh, covering up a lot of their uh, shortcomings on the defense side of the ball, but they got to figure it out, man. They got to figure it out. Um, they have the talent, I do believe, back there on the back end, but they got to figure it out, man.
1: D Butt, switching gears here a little bit. You are a uh, massive Miami Heat fan. Are you worried at all Ass how beat. badly Ooh. they got their asses beat?
0: Hey, that, that might nice. be a
6: sweep. Hey, get the broom <laughs> out down there. Oh, no. I am. Um, I'm not worried, man. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Worried, okay. you know, I, I, I was over there, like, I was packing my bags at first, and then I saw that they, they shot the camera to Jimmy. and he was over there like, you know what? All right. All right. And I was feeling the same way, man. We got to figure it out. Now, game two, if they come out and looks anything like that, I'm going to be worried. But uh, Lakers shot lights out, man. They got the two best players on the court. Um, I came into it knowing we would need a heroic effort out of our squad, um, you know, to grow up fast. Man, and um, it's not looking good right now. But I got faith, man. Four game series.
0: Hey, that was a little uh, poetic. At least. He was heroic. Uh, you know,
6: heroic. Not- hero. yeah. Well, no. hero Heroes got to grow up, too, man. Cause, cause he, he's he's, he's got to grow up, man. He's got to. Dr. Robinson, all those guys got to grow up. This is their first finals appearance. And uh, I know they're out there kind of like, you know, damn, we're on the finals, LeBron, D, like, but, uh, and they kind of look like little deer in headlights for those guys. But um, I got faith in Miami, man. I got faith in them.
0: I don't, like, the, the, <laughs> the uh, I'm not a big basketball guy, but I do know that when LeBron cares, it seems like he wins. Yeah. And you can tell on the internet whenever a photo of him, like, mean mugging or whatever comes out through, like, LeBron mode is activated or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, it feels like he should do that every fucking night, maybe, but that's probably a bit. Exhausting, but if I'm LeBron, yeah,
6: especially in that old.
0: yeah, exactly. If you're LeBron though, and you're Anthony Davis, and you have you know three more games to get out of the bubble, I mean, that is that feels like LeBron mode's probably going to be activated, yeah, walking, yeah, if I had to guess. Yeah. And that is not good for uh, your 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 flame team down
6: there, it, it, it's not good at all. And I felt like, um, you know, coming into it, you know, having Spoelstra, who kind of knows obviously knows LeBron. Uh, LeBron became a champion on this Spoh and Pat Riley I thought that would help but uh, like you said LeBron's focused, motivated and something LeBron did right before halftime uh, oh. yesterday with, it, it didn't count he caught like a, a reverse windmill off oh, the rim yeah and i was like yeah this is yeah that's that's kind of sending a message that you know cuz cuz that's something you see you know even if it doesn't count if you're on that court if you're on the sideline like you you see that shit <laughs> like, that's the that's that's the, that's the motherfucker we got to deal with for the next few games so he's sending a message he looks healthy he looks energized and if that if the lakers team is playing good it's Nobody's beating
0: that team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Probably, probably three more games, it's over. over. <laughs>
6: it was good. Right? Hey, good season. Hey, good, good season. Hey, season big face great coffee. Season. I'm gonna buy some big face
0: coffee oh, yeah, when yeah. it becomes available. I mean, I'm a big Tyler hero I didn't even know that guy existed. Now they're showing his high school highlights like every single day on the internet. That dude was a savage. Awesome. Has man. been a yeah. savage for a long time. Heat's gotta be happy that they got a team going forward. But it, LeBron just bought a 36 million dollar house in Beverly Hills. They'll probably have furniture in that thing within the next what? Fucking <laughs> three days. Yeah, at least. Uh, at I He is trying to get out of there.
6: He's (laughs) He's ready to get back. Those guys are ready to leave. Disney World, get back to South Beach. So, uh, yeah, it might. might. I got faith, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you that
0: much. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the Man to Man podcast, Big Miami Heat Fit. What a run. Sorry. What a run. This has Mm -hmm. been awesome. Uh, And a man who told us to hammer the over on ripen. (laughs) Hammer the who?
6: Yep. Ripping. You got. He He will be ripping.
0: Who knows? R- starting NFL quarterback, Denver Broncos. <laughs> Rip and hammer the over 204.5 yards pass for tonight. And the under for Sam Darnold is like 240 or something like
6: that. 225. 225,
0: yeah. 225. Here we go. Those are two bets. We can't wait to see how they do. We can't thank you enough, ladies and gentlemen. Darius, brother. Yeah, <laughs> thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you, fellas. Yeah, thank you, man.
1: <laughs> Fucking ragweed's way up. What's that? Like, just pollen and, like, shit that makes you, like, your nose run and stuff like that. So,
0: I never had allergies before.
1: Yeah. Mine aren't, like, bad, but seasonal, especially around here. Like, the pollen, like, it does. Like, my eyes will water and, like, I take the shit. It doesn't matter. Like, Have you always had allergies? Uh, yeah, kinda.
0: See, I didn't have them. My brother always had them. I never had them. I used to, like laugh in his face because he used to have to get him and it, it looked miserable like when i was good and then as i got older i was like jay i'm so sorry you gotta
1: do this eyes get puffy yeah sneeze. it's it stinks
0: i never had it now i think i'm starting to get it is it is it indiana potentially is it me because it's different shit out uh here.
1: yeah probably or like because you can get allergic to shit just along the way too you know i wasn't ever allergic to anything and then i think when i was like 16 like there was a tree that was planted in our backyard and it just like it fucked me up that son of a bitch got you yeah Your body didn't know what to do. No, Chinese redwood trees. Gotcha.
0: Mm -hmm. Can't do it. They say if you uh, eat or drink the local honey. That's supposed to help. Because the bees do something Mm -hmm. that help you adapt to what's around you or something like that. Your immune system like utilize it or something like that. I think that's bullshit though. I think so too. I think so too. Sam got a um, a honeycomb. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think we still know. Are you supposed to cut that up and eat it?
1: I think so, yeah. I think you're supposed to, like, legit use the honey that's in that on stuff.
0: So, But it comes in this little, like, uh, it's like a carrier case. The comb is like a carrier case. Like, you know how your six-pack of Gatorade comes in, like, uh, Mm -hmm. that thing, and you got to, like, plop it out? That's what the comb is. It's, like, without the top handle, and it's in this little plastic box. And we don't know if you're supposed to – are you supposed to, like – are you supposed to, like, slurp? Are you supposed to cut? I, I don't- think
1: you do cut. I've seen the videos of people cu- cutting open a honeycomb and then just, like, pulling all the honey out because it's, like, loaded inside loaded. there.
5: Loaded? Mm-hmm.
0: But what if it isn't local honey? Is there, am I fucking even doing anything? Because if I'm getting honey from somebody else and they don't know the redwood
1: tree is in the backyard... Yeah, there's nothing you can do. That Flonase stuff that your dad has, I think that's better than, like, uh, like any, like, Zyrtec or any bullshit like that. I don't like anything going up my nose. Yeah, I mean... But it that, does work I mean that's a direct shot To the brain It I, is And you don't really know What's in there You know I was thinking that yesterday I was like oh, This could actually Just fuck me up big time But, but <laughs> Two shots Each nostril clear it right up mm-hmm.
0: It did That's why Anytime you Do anything That involves Going up your nose Like any rational human Always has the thought
1: Like You know I could be a lot different After this This could change A lot of things Yeah <laughs>
0: But there are some people that do that every day of their Oh, lives. yeah.
1: You bet. I don't know how. A fucking whole myriad of things, too. Yeah,
0: there is a litany of things getting smelled and snorted at mm-hmm. this point in
1: time. That are not intended to be do- uh, done as such. And your brain is an inch away there. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, you live your life. Roll the dice,
0: baby. Hey, you, sometimes you got to do that, I guess. <laughs> hey, whatever you're into, man. Yeah, do what You got to do what you should be into, though, is the coldest water mm. on. We told you all that to tell you this. The coldest water on planet Earth comes in a can. Yeah. It was put there by a spring in the mountains. The Alps, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. The Austrian Alps. It's the coldest water ever. Okay, it's, It comes in a can, and you're like, Pat, I don't want water in a can. Let me tell you why you want water in a can. And this might not hit home for a lot of people, but you know when you were a kid and you drank out of your hose? Nothing better. It was the coldest water. It tasted so good. And I don't want to say this tastes like that because it doesn't, but it gives you that, that nostalgia feel of mm-hmm. that because the water is so cold in a can. Think about a beer that you have coming out of a can, so cold. This ice cold water and it has that taste and that nostalgia effect of back in the day it's it's the coldest water you'll drink it's the most refreshing water you'll drink and it's the coolest water you'll drink because it looks like you're just slamming a tall boy Mm -hmm. gotta watch driving around drinking it yeah i've caught myself a couple times driving home and i'm just like sipping on it or whatever and i roll right by like a cop sitting down there and i'm like that guy what's he thinking okay that guy's slamming a a 17 ounce Miller Lite right there is that what that guy's doing? <laughs> That's what I think every time But whenever if I was to get pulled over Or whatever drinking it I would look that cop right in the eyes and I'd say try up coldest water you ever okay. had in your entire life
1: And it is it is fucking
0: ice cold I wonder if dumb and dumber stop cops From trying drinks that they pull people over You know because That one cop drank like an drink entire
5: piss. of Piss mm-hmm.
0: Anyways it's called liquid death <laughs> And it is unbelievable.
1: (laughs) At first, it was a novelty in this office. Mm And now it's a mainstay. It is. I mean, it is no hyperbole. It is the coldest water you will ever drink. And you really, I mean, you could just basically sit it out. You don't even have to like put it in the fridge. It stays ice cold in that can. How does it work like that? I have no idea. The insulation, they figured it out. This particular
0: can that's on my desk right now that we're... We're recording this in the office before we go live, by the way. So that's how this works. A little inside peek. I think an hour ago, Connor put this on my desk. Mm -hmm. And I I had to put this down just moments ago because I was losing feeling in my fingers. For sure. That's how cold the water is. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like ice cold water. No. So try liquid death. Enjoy your life. Enjoy nice cold water. Also, if your allergies are acting up, just... Tell them to take a hike, you know?
1: Yeah, that's really all you can do.
0: Hey, see you later, allergies. I'm not going to deal with you. Keep moving. But I am going to deal with you probably for the next week or two. Yeah.
1: like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it is looking like that. All right, back to the show.
0: We're being joined by a man that went to Idaho State. Yes, he was a bangle. Ooh. The Idaho State Bengals. <laughs> Then he was drafted to the Chiefs. Then he became an absolute legend at the Vikings. Had to stop at the Bears, and then he played in a Super Bowl for the Carolina Panthers. Ooh. Then his retirement video is still talked about today as being one of the most legendary, iconic horse riding videos in the history of horses. Ever. You see him hogtie them sums of bitches whenever he got a sack. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best mullets in the history of sports. A man who has an NFL record for safeties Whoa. under his belt. One of them being against Dan Orlovsky, who's sprinting across the back <laughs> of the end zone. Loser. Ladies and gentlemen, Pro Bowl All-Pro superstar Jared Allen. Yeah! How's it going, man? What's up, fellas? Do you still have the mullet or did you cut that thing off?
2: Uh, hold on. You will see this? <laughs> oh. <Back here>. oh. <laughs> right.
0: nice.
2: It's okay I'm go here. The only, the only rule now is I can't let it go shoulder length. You know, I got to keep it manageable and somewhat respectable.
0: What's that? Just because everyday life, they don't respect the mullet as much as over there in the professional sports world? No, uh, that-
2: it's because I have two girls and, uh, you know, I want them to think mullets are badass, but not like the creepy guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to keep, there's that fine line of like, man, that dude's tight because he has a mullet? Like, bro, that dude is living a totally different life. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, where are you from originally? The hog tie, I think I heard the story. It was like you grew up doing that almost. Or, or, yeah, so
2: I was born in Texas, uh, but I grew up in uh, like Northern California. My dad trained rein cutting horses. Uh, so, I grew up on ranches kind of all over and then uh, all other uh, Northern California. And then, but yeah, I grew up, you know, roping. And one of my dad's friends at the time was a calf roper. And he taught me how to calf rope when I was young. Um, and something I stuck to. And I was funny how it came about. I was talking with Neil Smith out in KC. And um, he was like, "Man, Jared, you like you gotta you gotta get something that's you know, that you know has something to do with you that represents you, and uh, and, and do it you know as your sack celebration." And so, I was talking to my buddies, and I, bro, you know, bring back bring back the old calf tie. I was like, "All right, let's do it." And. Kansas City loved it. It stuck around, and uh, we made a we made a pretty good job doing
0: it. Yeah, it was iconic. I mean, it was also electric because sometimes you'd be
2: right on top of the human. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it. it was... Yeah, back before they changed all the rules, you could almost like teabag them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's exactly what I was referring to. I'm happy that you recognize that. How often do you get reminded of the incredible play against Dan Orlovsky where he was sprinting across a the lot?
2: You know what? the crazy part is like, I think Dan reminds me more than anybody. You know, he'll it he comes up on ESPN. He'll talk about it. Someone will say he sent some on social media. Uh, a few times I've talked to Dan, he, you know, was was hilarious about it. But now that play, always, you know, I listen. I'll take them any way they come. And. uh <laughs> And that was it was one of those deals where I think I was laughing and excited all the time. This dude really just run out the back of the end zone and then I looked around like and I'm the closest one, so that's a sack and a safety. <laughs> it it feels like
0: when you have four safeties though, uh I was very lucky to play Uh, on a team that had Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis, and whenever there was a third and long or a fourth down in the fourth quarter to kind of seal the game, you knew that Dwight Freeney or Robert Mathis, it was going to be opportunistic. Like, hey, this game is probably ending because we got these two guys. Like Those big moments like that. Whenever a team was pinned or you saw an opportunity like that, what is it about those situations from you big-time pass rushers that kind of brings out the best in you? Is it because you know that they're throwing? Do you know a situation? Or is it just because like, hey, this is a massive moment to make a big play
2: well i think i think it's both right it's uh it's the ability to to understand the game under understand where you're at in the game and like you said anytime you get third third and seven plus you pretty much know what's a pass down you know especially if you're at home right now you're on a silent count like you said end of the game backed up um you got to kind of read you know where they're at right if they're down two scores you're not going to max pro typically so you're going to have some more time uh so yeah it's a situation, and, you know. then, I, I, Freeney and, and, Mathis were just beasts off the edge. I mean, they had a, they had a jump off the ball that was second to none. And, um, you know, so you get in those situations and, and really where, you know, a lot of times we're on, on the defensive side where we're reactionary based, right? You can, you can use all your pre snap tools to try to give you an idea of what's going to happen. But in those situations, we kind of get the dictate. For me, I always watch the play clock, right? And the offense is always, you know, in the third and long, in too many, you're always draining the play clock now. So once the play clock under, under, you know, 3 seconds, 4 or 5 seconds. You know it's it's on one. It's on the first head by the ball's coming. So it's a calculated guess, you get off the rock and you get after it um and then again, you know again, is this is that opportunity where you're going to have 80,000 people screaming your name and uh and all that fun stuff. You, there we go, i trying to get the sun out of my eyes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> all that fun stuff and, and again, I, I don't know what pass rusher doesn't like to hear 80,000 people screaming when they break the back of some quarterback. <laughs> you know, it's all selfishly motivated at the end.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's not a, if it's good for you, by the way, it's good for your team, so who cares if it's selfish or not?
2: It's good for everybody. Well, it's funny, so Coach Vermeule told me when I was a rookie, uh, I can't remember, I held my gap on something, I could have fallen back in the B gap to make a tackle or something, and he told me, he's like, why don't you make that play? I said, well, you know, linebacker's coming up. He said, let me tell you something, son. He said, the best way you help our team is be the best defensive end you can be." He said, football is a selfish uh, sport. He said it's a, it's a battle of 11 inch of a battle, and you win it any way you can. So I said, All right, so I'll, I'll try to make every play. This. Hey, you gotta wait till you see me hog tired or cap tired. <laughs> you, uh, you want
0: the uh, Robert Mathis? I think they had a they looked at like the knee of the tackle because if the knee moves, that means the rest of the body's moving. For you, whenever you're saying you're playing the clock and you said you knew it was on one, did you go off a of sound then? Because the big thing is like, Watch the ball, all you ever
2: hear oh. is people say, Watch the ball, watch Never. the ball. I've never watched the ball in the, in the uh, history of my career. Uh, I learned as a rookie, had a great coach, at Bob Carmelowitz, uh, God rest his soul, but he taught guys like Derek Thomas, you know, he coached the Chiefs. And so I used to watch Derek Thomas and Leslie o'neal film and stuff like that. And on uh, and Jason Taylor, could you know, Bob worked with Jason out of Miami and stuff like that. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think I was in college or something. But, uh, anyways. Uh, I might be mistaken on that. No, you get, like, it. get it. They get it. Anyway, Bob Carmelis was a hell of a coach, and uh, he worked with a lot of great, uh, a lot of great you know pass rushers. But when I was watching Derek Thomas film one day, I couldn't believe how fast he got out the ball. And he told me he watches the quarterback's hands. So ninety nine percent of all quarterbacks, right before they snap the ball, they drop their hand, right. And so my whole career, I always got off the rock on the quarterback's hand. And you know, there's very handful. I mean, there's a few Peyton. Uh, is one of, them, you know, a couple of the other guys where they, they, they can sit there and not, and not drop that hand before they get the ball. But almost all quarterbacks drop their hand before you get the ball. And that's how you get that half second, uh, that jump. Did you ever tell quarterbacks on your team? Like, Hey,
0: Hey, dumbass, like I want to, you-
2: <laughs> I did. I try to tell, i remember ponder when he came in and try to let them know like, Hey man, like if you can't, but I think it's just a natural reaction. Cause you know, their hands are wide and you're making sure they don't jam a football, you know, figure on the football. Um, and so and the good ones will mess you. They'll, like, oh, and they'll drop a hand, and then you'll drop off sides because it's on, like, four, and they drop the hand on two. But, <laughs> uh, there's not very many good ones that can do that.
0: Uh, so, what, what tackle gave you problems? Did you have any – what type of tackle gave you problems? Was it somebody who was, like, long and, and had long arms, or was it more of somebody short and stocky? And who was somebody you, you can recall being, like, that guy was tough? I
2: didn't, I didn't get to play Jonathan Ogden very often, but he that, that type of pass, like a passive tackle – like a guy who's big enough to absorb a uh, bull rush, but doesn't really give you his hands. You know, those are the ones that are hard. That you know, that we call them, vert- or, you know, a centers or a vertical setter, where they just kind of absorb you, right? Those guys are tough because you really have to attack them and use different techniques to try to stop their foot and get them to attack, so you can trap an arm and get it around the corner, or you know, if they're light in the you know backside, you can run through them. But the guy like Jo was tough. I mean, but then again, I, I remember I'm old, so I played against Jo when he had Steve McNair and. Um, and uh, Jamal Lewis at running back. So, they, you know, <laughs> there it was, was three-step drops of power football all day. Um, but those, those type of tackles are tough because they range. And then, you know, I, but for me, I got to practice against the best tackle in my mind to ever play the game in, in uh, Willie Rofe uh, huh. you know, my whole first four years, three years of my career. And, you know, that dude taught me so much about, you know, how to win and, and how to, if I could beat him, you know, I could pretty much beat everybody. But, you know, so guys like him, you know guys like uh like i said ogden and then uh, walter jones walter jones was just so athletic that he literally could match your movements and and then, they, you know, him and the quarterback worked so well together to where he would invite you in to take the inside move, and you're like, you had to take it because the quarterback's sitting right there. And next thing you know, the quarterback's on the outside. Uh, I remember they had Wallace, and scram you know, scrambling 20 yards down the field, and you're just like, crap, it happened again.
0: I believe he slapped Matt Hasselbeck yep. in the face so hard it knocked out Matt Hasselbeck <laughs> during the training camp one time. That is a legendary story. That guy's mitts were rather...
2: I, I, I believe it. And he was, like I said, his... His thing—he was so good with his hands. You could beat his hands, but he was—he was probably the most athletic tackle I've ever seen. And you know, back then, you know, tackles were three thirty. You know, on the lighter side. Now, you know, now they all want abs. Uh, So, you know, it was crazy to be that big and that athletic. Uh, So, uh, now that we mentioned the Seahawks, let's talk
0: about it because we were talking about it before you got on here. The Seattle Seahawks, obviously, Russell Wilson, the offense is moving. They've given up like 400 yards every single game. And the natural reaction is to talk about the secondary there. Oh, he can't cover. But they're number 28 out of 32 in pressure in sacks. If you're a D-line that can't get sacks, is there anything you can do to get better, or do you just need
2: dudes? Like, is is there schematics that you can change midway through the season? If you start scheming a pass rush, I, I, I used to go live, you can ask any of my coaches, and they call it maybe third and eight, and they call it games on the sideline. I'm like, Games are for cowards. Games, games are a good changeup, right? But games are for people that can't rush the passer because you got to try to trick somebody. Um, so you, know, at the end of the day, I mean, you, that's that's a, a, a and coverage works together too, right? So you can't expect your back end to cover for six to eight seconds. You know, not even that. We had rule: if you're not there in two and a half seconds, it's you know, it's a coverage sack. And just like you know, you know, rushing needs coverage. You know, if, we, if the ball is out under two seconds, nothing you can do about it. So yeah, it's a, it's a mentality. It's about, it's it's about, you know, obviously technique, 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 understanding the art of pass rushing, understand that pass rushing is a violent, you know, art. And then, you know, having the technique and the ability to do it and then the want to, a lot of times it just comes down to doing whatever it takes to, to watch it and understanding how to set people up. So, you know, if your pass rush is, is lacking, then yeah, you know, it starts with, with, with able-bodied people, but then you got to go back and have all those people review the techniques you're using to get to the quarterback and, um, and you got to find out which what's which, which you know what techniques are going to work best for those players because not everybody can can rush with the same technique and and survive on it. So you got to try to figure that out. Like you know, you start think Kevin and myself, you know, Kevin isn't going to do the same things I'm going to do, and you know, and vice versa. At least like I'm not going to rush like Dwight Freeney, and Dwight Freeney's not going to rush like me. It's so interesting because if you don't have a pass rush, you're basically done. Screw. Mm-hmm. Never it doesn't
0: get talked about, but you're watching a game and if a quarterback is just sitting there, it's like, "Oh, that team's probably going to win right
2: there if I had to guess." Oh, 100%. And, and and then what happens if you can't get if you can't get pressure with your front four, you got a blitz, right? So now you're forcing man coverage, now you're zone blitzing, you're you're, you're you're trying to you're trying to piece together pressures and and that that makes it harder, you know, that makes it harder on your uh, on your back end as well. It makes it harder on your linebackers. Um Again, I think the mark of any true defense is a front seven that can just, A, smash the run, and then a front four that can get after the passer, and uh, and that way, too. Then when you throw a blitz in there, they don't know where it's coming from, and I think that's how, you know, my years in Minnesota, we were so effective. We had we had a D-line that could just outright, you know, change games, and then, you know, our front seven were, were smashing the run, and, you know, now you allow your back end to cover, your back end can take more chances, you get more turnovers, um, you can do more things in the blitz game, so... Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a bad deal if you can't get to the passer, especially this day and age, where you have to be able to disrupt. It's not necessarily just sacking, but you have to be able to bat balls. You have to be able to disrupt the passing game cuz so much of the short passing game has kind of taken over for the old school run game.
0: We're talking to Jared Allen, five-time Pro Bowler, played in the NFL for 12 years. Had the one of the most electric celebrations in the history mm-hmm. of football. Oh, yeah. Connor, what do you got?
3: Yeah, Jared, do you have a favorite sack and on the opposite uh, spectrum of that, was there ever a QB that you didn't get to that you always wish you did?
2: Um, well, I mean, obviously, I, I love the fact that I got the sack. You know, Brett, uh, you know, Matt Payton, all those times. played Payton a bunch, only got him once. to do was tough to get to. Brady. Um, yes. I don't think there was anybody that I never got to. Some I didn't get to as many as others. Um, i trying to think. You know who I was really excited about? i got to be honest. This is probably the most excited I've ever been for someone to retire. But I got drafted by the Chiefs. You now, I grew up a Raiders fan. I got drafted. drafted by the Chiefs. I was terrified that I was going to have to go play Rich Gannon. <laughs> <laughs> Make me look like a fool, right? And uh, he retired, and I was just like, yes. yes. <laughs> Yes, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> tonight, there's a guy playing for the Broncos at quarterback that I uh, did not know existed until today. Named Rippin, playing quarterback. If you're everybody knows, yeah, I don't know who he is either. He's a football player though. He, he's, he's very good at the football. He's a starting quarterback tonight for the Denver Broncos against the New York Jets. And I know in the secondary and in blitzes, you can kind of mess with young quarterbacks or whatever. Is there anything a defensive line can do that can take advantage of inexperience at a quarterback position? Oh,
2: absolutely. Hey, you run your mouth right, just. Tell Talk at him, any young quarterback, I would throw the, kid, I would zero blitz every young quarterback till they died. I would just pull on to zero blitz, uh, make them beat me. But yeah, just dude, hit them. Like dude, we just have rules, like no matter what, always be around the quarterback, right? I mean, on the way back to the huddle, rubbing next to him, talking to him in their ear, just always have a body around the quarterback. Um, what are you saying? Yeah.
0: What are you saying? Like, has any quarterback? Gave back with you in the talking. Oh
2: yeah, me and do uh, me and Cutler used to go back and forth. Oh. Me and Rivers used to go back and forth. Philip was always fun. We used and then, you kept saying dumb stuff, and afterwards you had to apologize because you actually like the guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I didn't mean. I don't think you're a terrible trash quarterback, dude. I don't think. Yeah,
2: that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean what I said. Like it's a cool. I remember one time my rookie year we were playing Atlanta and. Uh, you know, we played Michael. We ended up winning. That was the year they went to the AFC championship game. I think it was my rookie. Remember my second year? We beat them fifty-six to ten. And I was wearing out the tackle. I think Schaefer was his name. I was just in his ear nonstop. You know, he had two and a half sacks in that game he was crushing it. Woo. And I didn't realize the game was over. And he looked at me and he was like, Bro, like the game was over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What'd you say to what are some of your, your you just anything that comes to your mind? Are you always a
2: shit talker too and everything or Yeah, you so that well in two thousand and eight I quit cussing, right? And so Very that nice. made a it a lot hilarious. harder to really inflict wounds on other people. <laughs> <For> <laughs> 2009, I quit custom, but me and Pat, we used to wear people out. And, and, and I got to be honest, I don't, I'm not saying it's right, but nothing was off limits. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I could find something to wear you out about, I'd wear you out about it. Oh, um, and, then, and then don't let me put the quarterback on the ground, too, because then it was just over for you. Uh, <laughs> and they try to make you feel like the least big of a human being you could possibly feel like. Uh, so, yeah, we used to, we used to laugh like. And if you could you can see it in a dude's eyes too, and they get so frustrated with you that they're totally not focused on the game. And you asked you know, earlier what the hardest tackle to play against is ones well, that don't talk. Like the tackles that just are quiet. You're like, crap. I remember you're just sitting on an island, no one to talk to. <laughs> you know, you I got no trash talk. I can't you know, then if you don't get a sack, you can't even rub that in on their face. Oh, so. You know they, they kind of win by default. The um
0: the thought about getting in the pocket and just being present mm-hmm. is such a big thing. People started uh, doing that like if, to punters, like hey, oh. even if they get the punt off, like late, just be in the area so that you're thinking about it the next time you go, or the quarterback's thinking yeah, about it the next time they want to step up. That's a real that's a real mind uh, debunker there. A well,
2: you mean so, so I you know I was I was a long snapper too, right? People don't people forget oh. that. Oh. oh. oh, oh. oh. I'm probably the best long snapper in NFL history that only had to snap like three times. There we go! <laughs>
0: Hell yeah! There we go. Athlete!
2: Put the, on, put, the, put the tape on. My long snapping is legit. <laughs> um, but, so I, but I can't. I came in up I'm older. I, my first, I'll never forget, my first preseason long snapping game, we were playing the Browns. Uh, that was my, maybe my second one. I was snapping punts because we had Kendall Gammon, so we had the day off. I was snapping uh, field goals, sorry. And they, they put uh, big baby Rodgers over the top of me that dude I don't think I've ever been hit so hard in my life <laughs> but it's like the same thing you know we used to do that with long snappers right you, you crack a long snapper in the side of his neck that next snap is, is, is going to be
0: <laughs> you're a terrible guy Jared
2: you're the reason why they had to change all the rules you're the reason <laughs> oh, why dude, but see I used to get payback in college when I long snapped they would always try to jump over the top so I would chop people's legs out, right? People <laughs> land on their head all the time, and they get pissed at me. I'm like, "Dude, quit jumping!" Yeah, that quit is jumping. That's a real thing
0: too. Back because then they made a rule you couldn't line up over top of the snapper, and then you couldn't even hit him in the shoulder because of this particular situation happening. And back in the day, whenever they told a guy to jump over the snapper, the snapper's job was to lift his head up, hopefully get yep. him in the balls, and flip him over so that next time he doesn't jump ever again.
2: It's a I real. Used to fire, I was a jerk though, so I used to fire out. If I had no one over the top of me and they were trying to, like, jump over the guard, I would fire out and try to knife the linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> savage.
4: Jared, you were talking about us watching your tape, and we watched a little bit of your tape this morning when you were on Jackass, and you had a clean yeah. shot blindsided Johnny Knoxville where I thought you snapped his neck. Was there a worry there that you were going to snap his neck? And did you lay up a light, lay off a little no, bit? him?
2: so you know what was crazy? We got there and they gave me this helmet that I literally could bend to myself, right? <laughs> and I'm like, man, if I hit this dude hard, I might hurt myself. Like if like, my, I wanted to leave my feet head first into his just face, right? <laughs> and uh, so what happened, we ran, we did the linebacker one, uh, you know, first where he was catching the pass. And I was just trying to, I just drove my shoulder into him because I didn't want to go head to head. And my buddy was with me, He's like, bro, you got it, you got to give it to him. So, you know, Knox is the toughest dude. He's one of the coolest guys of stuff. We became good friends after that. But he's running his mouth to me like, dude, you hit like a, you know, you, you can't hit. You're uh, a uh, so, I finally just crack him the one you see on the on the pass. But then I told him, I was, like, I was like, bro, I'm not a linebacker. You want to see what I do. Why don't you drop back and pass? So, that was just kind of a one-off so it was muddy so i was just really trying to keep my feet but yeah there was no holding back when i drove him into the ground <laughs> and he actually told me later he separated a part of his sternum <laughs> 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 the ground. Um, so yeah I, but it, we I, when his neck drove into the yeah. ground like that i was like oh after we got up my buddy's like dude he, I, he might. Just, might <laughs> I was just mad because I was hoping it. it I wanted it to be really dry because I originally wanted to run like straight through Preston's head and then uh, you know then sack Knox. But anyways, I was like, well, I don't want to look. I was looking like an idiot slipping and falling, so I'll just come around the edge and
0: blast Johnny Knoxville, even when he got rich, was completely okay doing the
2: dumbest shit ever. I, I mean, he, he's one dude. He is one of the most down to earth, coolest dudes. Like. I, I honestly, I met. So like I said, we became friends after that. He used to come out to my golf tournaments all the time and support our foundation. Such a like, humble, nice dude. I, when my first daughter was born, he sent me all these uh, all these onesies, right? With like different things, like ironed onto them. I think one was like of Elvis, Dolly Parton. One was of myself. And so like I'm, t- I'm thinking, oh, he's out and printed it up. And he's like, so I'm texting him. He's like, no, dude, he's like iron. He's like, you like those? I was like, yeah. like, I ironed them on myself. <laughs> <laughs> like You know, you don't think a guy like him was going to do that. But yeah, he said all these ones, he said it was hilarious. And uh, so yeah, I should shoot him a tax check in on him every now and then. So yeah, what a great dude. But seriously, some of the toughest dudes, hands down ever. Like, they are legit tough.
0: He's such a better person than I think anybody that's in this conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't
2: know if I would ever. <laughs> no. Well, I think like everybody he's like, you know, I had we had our wild and crazy day and now that we're fathers, we all have to calm it down a little bit.
0: Well, let's talk about the foundation you just mentioned right there. I read up on a little bit, a home for Wounded Warriors, which was founded or started because you went on a USO tour or or something like that. Can you talk about it a little bit? Because I think this is yeah. incredibly cool. So we, uh, we
2: actually just gave a house away, uh, another house away, what was it? What's the date? Thursday, so uh Wednesday? Let's so oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
1: That's by the way, that's yesterday, yesterday Jared. <laughs> I mean See, yeah,
2: <laughs> retired every day Saturday. <laughs> yeah, 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 so, um so yeah, I started this foundation back in 2009 I went on a to USO tour, so my whole family is military. My grandfather, who's passed now, but he he was twenty-three years in the United States Marine Corps captain, my uncles, my brother, like everybody's been in the in the military, majority of the Marine Corps. Um and so I went on a USO tour and it was, it was crazy man I got to see like just firsthand what our men and women are going through and before I left back in like 07 I had a I met a guy who became a buddy and he had told me about the gap in adaptive housing when people came back and um, so when I came back from the USO tour I mean, I was, like, it had stuck with me I was like man our men and women over here you know sacrificing life and limb and not even that even the ones that come back perfectly fine and all that I mean they're sacrificing family and, and just the The everyday things that we um, we take for granted, you know, and so when I came back, I wanted to do something, and and so I sat down with some buddies, and you know, we came up with the idea of, you know, kind of wanted to focus it around, you know, what's my American dream, right? Because our men and women that serve, they protect this American dream every single day, Um, and we said, okay, you know, so my American dream is is starts, you know, home and a family, like that that whole deal, and you know, what's home? It's my safest place at my most, you know, vulnerable time. And that's what we wanted to create because I don't think anybody deserves it more than those who lay it on the line and and be honest. You you got alpha men and female coming back and having to learn to walk, talk, think, do things on their own again and rely on people. It it can be a drag on them and it can be it's psychologically as rough. And uh, so we started the foundation and we started building homes and when and obviously we've grown and we've matured and we've you know had our ups and downs and figured out how to do it. But we're on a strive now. We have phenomenal partners and I think we you know we're we have we're on our twentieth project plus we just gave one away yeah i said yesterday um we have three more doing all over the country and uh it's been great we've been doing for 10 years and uh and we're rocking hey jerry yeah. Yeah. that's awesome how can people donate or help out man honestly go to go to homeschool window warriors com. uh you can donate online right there obviously we don't have any events going on with COVID and all that stuff and um so, and again, you can find all of our information right there. Get a hold of Amanda or someone at the office, and uh, and stuff like that. We love our partners. We can't do it without them. I tell people all the time. Uh, you know, my my job just gave me a platform to do something, do something right, right, and it's. And is paying it forward that's what it's all about too much is given much is expected and um so we, we treat everybody you know whether it's a dollar whether it's a hundred thousand dollars we appreciate it all you know we have we're i think our last 990 was like 89 percent. it means 89 cents of every dollar goes directly into a house let's go um, we're, we're a small organization so yeah go check out the website um and donate and we, we appreciate all the support well we
0: appreciate you doing that we appreciate you joining us today and before i let you go i do have to ask you about you being maybe the worst curling player in the history of of curling.
2: Oh no. Ah, no. uh, 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 the internet,
0: the internet said you have never won a single game mm-hmm. of curling. Brutal. That's what the internet. No, not,
2: not true. We had a decent year last year. Okay. All right. The my, inter- my, yeah, yeah, the internet the internet's a little behind times. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we were bad, so but curling is dope, right? So like um we decided just hey, we're going to take it on the channel. Let's go. But there's no real like I mean, I guess there is, you know, Bosch bills, but we decided, you no, know, I want to know what my what my competition is like. So we formed a team of four people that never curled again, and our first match was against the gold
0: medalist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, And that's why you are a legend, ladies and gentlemen. So, so yeah, we, 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 we did. We won, we won a handful of games last year, and now with COVID, uh, the team's, everything's on pause, but I, I promise you, my ultimate goal is I will be wearing the red, white, and blue in the Olympics for curling. Yes! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah!
0: Ladies Woo! and gentlemen, NFL legend, future curling Olympian, Jared Allen. Yeah! yeah Jared, Jared! All right, man, have a good one. Welcome to McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. I am Pat McAfee. Joining us now is a man who's a Super Bowl champion, a college football national champion, a man whose jawline is one that has been described as the greatest in the history of sports, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah! What's going on, AJ?
5: What's happening, guys? You doing all right? Not too shabby. We talked to Jared Allen last hour. I'm gonna be honest. What an electric factory that he's man. The man! Jared Allen's one of my favorite humans alive. Football player or humans in general? Because I just talked to him for the first time, and I think he's landed on both lists all of a sudden. <laughs> yep. He, he he he's like a guy like Urlacher. You meet him, and you're like, I wish I had known this guy my whole life. Not only are the <laughs> Hall of Fame type talent players. I mean, Urlacher's already in the Hall of Fame, but they're awesome normal AJ. dudes. He's one of us, Pat.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Jared Allen felt like, where does he live? Do you know where Jared Allen lives? Uh, he, he was in Arizona last time I talked to him. He's just out there doing I wonder if he still is up on horses riding around. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. like that. He talked about the amount of chirping he said. He used to just chirp all the time. He said he was just talking, and whenever a tackle chose not to talk to him, he felt lonely during the games because he couldn't talk to anybody. They wouldn't talk back to him. <laughs> he talked about how with a rookie quarterback, you can take advantage of him, whether it's always getting a hit on him or talking to him or whatever. Tonight, we got a guy named Rippin starting at quarterback for the Denver Broncos Woo. against the New York Jets, AJ. How do you see this game planning or playing out and if you're on the jets defense are you looking forward to a chance to play against a guy with no name or are you thinking hey if this guy with no name beats us this is gonna be a long fucking night yet again we got
5: another night of this Well, you kind of hit it both right there it's like a double-edged sword yeah hopefully we can take advantage of this young inexperienced quarterback but also on the flip side if we lose to him this is going to be tragic for our club (laughs) Tragic is a great way to describe it. I'll tell you what, NFL
0: Network has the coverage tonight. Just like last week, I love the game that everybody thought wasn't going to be great. Tonight's game is going to be awesome. And there's one man who is a constant on NFL Network. A man who is obviously incredibly accomplished as a coach, but I think everybody knows him in this generation or the younger Mm -hmm. generation as just being an electric factory on television. Ladies and gentlemen, former head coach of the Niners, now NFL Network legend. Ladies and gentlemen, Mooch, Coach Steve. Mary Uch. Oh.
7: am I supposed to be smoking a cigar or anything right now? <laughs> no that,
0: that that's just AJ mandatory? that's just AJ mooch I can't keep up with what
7: he's doing with you AJ yeah. that's awesome
0: how you guys yeah, doing mooch me- Hey, not too shabby coach we appreciate you for joining us and as i said in the intro there you were a very good football coach but i think you really found a home in television did you ever get the itch to get back to tv or when you start doing tv you're like hey i think this is it
7: so i love coaching i had about 15 seasons not about i had 15 seasons in college coaching i had 15 seasons in pro coaching this is my 15th season in television okay so i can't decide which one i love better so i've got it very equally divided and uh so you know if i didn't have such a great alternative uh in you know to to work for the nfl network i, I would have gone back into coaching um i had some chances to do that my family always voted no they didn't want to do that and move again and i moved my wife mac i moved my wife 18 times oh ah, so, uh, that sometimes that's, that's love no that's like if, i'm going to kill you in your sleep if you move. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided and now that we're old uh, err and and uh, our kids are kind of grown up out of the house I wouldn't have to move them but I would have to move away from them so anyway so the the television thing has been a lot of fun I work with some nutcases you know that over there at <laughs> the network um, we do we do that show you know you're crazy, but I also have some crazy guys oh, yeah. to uh, to work with, too. Michael Urban's off the charts. Right? <laughs> the and best. Kurt, Kurt Warner is, is crazy, too, in his own little boring way. <laughs> and, <then laughs> and so we we have a lot of fun. I have absolutely no complaints. Love what I'm doing. Just let like, you guys love what you're doing, right? Yeah. We get to talk about a game that we love, right, since fifth grade or whatever, and now we get to talk about it on radio or TV or whatever, and it's uh, I love it. Coach, you mentioned that you moved your wife 18 times. Like when you
5: were the head coach of whatever team, how aware of you were, were the like the responsibility you held that hey, any little decision I make can affect the lives of everybody here because if the head coach gets fired, usually go, the assistants are gone, all these families, kids taken out of school, move somewhere else. Like is
7: that something that weighs on head coaches big time? And if somebody says they don't care about that, they're lying because <coughs> Yeah, I mean, you got 20 guys on your staff and their families and their wives. And you know, I, I, what I found is, for all of you aspiring young coaches out there that wanna get into this gig, and it's awesome. It's it's an honor and a privilege to coach in college or even high school and in the pros. It's a, it's it's a, to be called coach is pretty cool. I'm just telling you that, okay? And however, it's, it's not all, you know, and, and guys are getting paid a lot of money these days, right? I mean, they're making the assistant coaches in college at St. Cal where I was the head coach. Assistants are making more than I made as a head coach. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's good, but you're a nomad and you never know where you're going to be from year to year. And so um, it's easy for a coach to go, you know, from here to the Packers and start coaching football over there. You get the same kind of office and routine and practice and this and that, and then you move over there and it's a similar because it's football. It's different for the families. It's different for the wives. Go find new schools and new babysitters and new friends and new pediatricians and new everything. 18 times? Are you kidding me? So that's all. And, and, and move? Boy, oh, boy. It's, uh, you know, coaching wives uh, going straight to heaven because it's not easy on them. It's easier on the coach than it is on the family, believe me. Well, let alone the public scrutiny
0: that comes alongside of it. Like, for instance, right yeah, now. it's
7: not like Yeah, it's not like we're the CEO of a company or, a, or you know, you're doing your own thing and you got a nice job for 20, 30 years. But, um, you know, everybody's an expert in your field <laughs> and it, they would like to. You know, voice their opinion on a daily basis. And so that's the, but that's, that's it, man. That's what you sign up for, right? You sign your name on the dotted line. You know, you're going to get ripped for everything you do. And uh, it's, uh, you better just win or else you're going to be, heck, you can win and still move, you know, if you, if you win and move up and take a better position somewhere, else. they're just, uh, there's just no stability
0: in coaching. Coach, so whenever you see what's happening with, like, Adam Gase in New York, whenever you hear, like, tonight's game, for instance, tonight's game, if this guy loses, everybody that has ever thought about being a Jets fan, <laughs> any human that's ever talked about football is going to be like, get this guy the hell out of town, everything's bad. Whenever you hear that, and you've been in the head coaching chair before, in San Francisco is no easy, that's not a small market either. Does that type of thing – Ever creep in? Like, is Adam Gase know what is coming tomorrow if he doesn't perform tonight? Or is that just where he's got to have the blinders on, all the cliches that you could possibly mention at this particular time?
7: Guess who gave Adam Gase his first job in the National Football League? <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah. Jets fans are not going to be happy with you. <laughs> I don't care. You know what? So here's what happened. Most coaches you know, work their way up. You don't just go from, say, playing the game to the to the big office with a view. You know what I mean? You got to work your way up and and do the grunt work and then become a quality control and then a position coach and then a coordinator and then a head coach if you are successful. That's the normal progression. Well, I was lucky enough to get my first gig in the, in the NFL was with the, the uh, Los Angeles Rams. John Robinson gave me – I worked as quality control, 1985, and for zero pay. I lied. They gave me lunches, and so <laughs> nice uh, of them. Very nice, yeah, of them. Yeah, very nice. That's how many of us, whether you're Gruden or you, you, you just on and on and on. Most a lot of guys started as a quality control. What is that like a? It's like a graduate assistant in college. And you do the grunt work, you do, you make the coffee, and you do the cards, and you do the scouting reports, and you do the computer breakdowns, and you just do whatever they say, and you never go home. And so uh, I was given that opportunity. Well, Adam Gase was working in – when I was in Detroit, he was over in the scouting department putting up cards on the wall, you know, for the scouts and the draft board and this and that. And he came over and he said, Coach, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I want to get into coaching. He had done that a little bit at Michigan State. And uh, and I said, you know what? Can you come on over with the coaches. I'm not paying you anything more than what you're getting right now, dollar ninety eight over in scouting. <laughs> but you can come and start start learning and working and get you know with these guys and this and that. And so he became one of the, our quality control assistant kind of coaches. Um, and then I got fired, so uh, I wasn't with him very long. But he <laughs> he stayed he stayed, and then he became Mike Marx's guy. I mean, he you know I, he, that's where he learned uh, you know to be a assistant coach and coordinator, eventually head coach. Mike March took him under his wing after I left. And so somebody's got to give you a break and give you an opportunity and a chance. So, you know, he's been he's been around the block a little bit. He's got a lot of pressure. We know he's got a lot of pressure on him over there in New York uh, with the Jets. And we know that their team's not very good. I mean, they got beat by the 49ers with half of their starters out. And so, whoa, mama mia. So, you know what, I this is a game they got to win. Um, I think they can. I mean, you know, you got a you got a brand new quarterback playing for the Broncos tonight. It's gonna I'm I'm gonna be fun to watch. I don't know much about uh, Brett Ripon, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think not not a whole lot of people
5: know much about what's going to happen. It will be fun, though. I think the chaos could be fun. But you, you mentioned uh, not many football guys go from playing to the big job become head coaches, but basketball does. We saw Jason Kidd. It happened with Steve Nash. Was recently hired. How can they do it? And it doesn't ever happen in football.
7: Way different animal. I mean, basketball coaching twelve guys is different than coaching. It's not fifty-three. It's all the practice squad, and it's all the assistant coaches. Some staffs have twenty-six guys, and I mean, it's 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 a bigger it's a bigger, more complicated responsibility. Um, in in uh, football, it just is more positions, more offense and defensive strategy. It's no disrespect. My best friend Tom Izzo coaches basketball, and I have all the respect in the world for for basketball coaches. But it's a little bit more difficult going uh, from player to, to head coach in the National Football League uh, versus basketball.
0: So it sounds like you have a lot more respect for NFL
7: football coaches, but a lot of respect, no, respect for basketball best- coaches. I my. My dad was a coach. My dad was a wrestling coach. Don't make me show you a double-edged. Hey, hey, oh, hey I'll go. put you in a
0: banana split,
7: don't you
1: know?
0: Let's go. Hunters are people, too. Hey, that a boy The te- The television business... <laughs> has been one where you've been one of the constants over there. You talk about Michael Irvin, you talk about Kurt Warner, you talk about Rich Eisen. Your pregame show is awesome to watch. And just the amount of things that you're willing to do. What's going on? You just slapped the thing. Are you mad? Well, I'm telling you
7: why I slapped the thing because we're still doing it from home. We're still we're still Oh, doing it COVID. So we're doing a thing at home with a backdrop and, and and um we are wanting to be together because you know how it is. It's just it's just better when you're together right because we screw around so much and uh feed off each other's energy and and make fools of ourselves my wife gets so pissed off at me <laughs> for, like impersonating dick uh, and just uh just the english accent when we go play in london and all the stupid things that we do but we we have so much fun doing it and 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 the viewers like it too that, you know you mm-hmm. just kind of yes you just kind of be stupid sometimes and we can't really do that sitting at home in a chair for four hours my ankles are swelling up <laughs> and we just do the best we can we're like hollywood squares but we're we're we're, uh, we're trying to make the best of it um because we just love working with each other and competing against these other networks but right now they're all in and and we're trying to see if that can be possible before the end of the year. Well,
0: I love your competition and your competitive mindset. Everybody's kind of adjusting to this. If you were coaching in the modern time right now that's happening, in modern I mean like the COVID world that we're in, the Titans this week, there was a thought that they were potentially going to have to play a game with just Zoom calls all week and then walk through and then again. Now they postponed it, obviously, but that conversation was a wild one for me to hear. And with the offseason being Zoom calls and everything like that, what would have to be the way you would guide a ship? It's a lot of accountability self-accountability on the players I think at this point
7: you are just begging your players and coaches to to continue with the rules the guidelines that we've we've set up the scientists and the health department people and the NFL about social distancing and about not going out and about you know because what what the NFL has done a heck of a job let's face it I agree uh, thousands of tests every day and that's expensive high schools and colleges can't do that other sports don't even do that and and so we have done a great job of keeping the covid positives way down okay now all of a sudden the vikings and the titans play a game Ah, we got some we got a little outbreak and so remember the marlins when they had like 19 guys boom and they had to miss a couple weeks right away um but what's it's been pretty darn good up until this one so now the titans are going to play but they've got a plan for it, play them later on and then use the buy and get those games made up. And so hopefully we don't have another uh, outbreak like this, but it's all in keeping with, all right, we've got a handful of people in our organization. We've all got to stay. we got, we got to continue testing everybody. And, and hopefully that this, uh, we can quarantine those people and get them back as soon as they can, but it doesn't uh, spread to someone else. And so it's unfortunate, um, you know, with the Titans and uh the Steelers. But, uh, you know, Mike Vrabel's just saying to his guys, hey, you're going to go home. We're going to Zoom call. The Zoom meetings went very well, guys. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, look at this. We're having a meeting right now. It's going <laughs> very well. So they, they, had, they had all kinds of meetings, and I thought the play in the league was going to be really crappy, really sloppy the first month of September. Sloppy September as I call it. And it didn't happen. I thought the play was pretty darn good so far. The officiating's been pretty darn good so far. The we've got more injuries. Yeah. It, it's not it's not necessarily more injuries, okay? It's it's more injuries to marquee people got that it. get all the, oh my God, Saquon Barkley and you know Bosa and you know some of the some of those. But in terms of uh I'm on the player safety advisory panel. We just had a conference call yesterday and we went over some of this stuff. And uh really injuries are not not really uptipped uh it just happens to be very high profile people oh. right now hey that's good uh, news yeah that, hey, by the way yeah, that, I, guess, that. I guess we just we just uh I, I i still do think we you know as we get in better football shape um this thing will normalize as, as best we can and some of these players are i like the new ir rules where it's only three weeks and get them back mm-hmm. right yeah, so that's um, good yeah
5: Hey coach, I saw uh, JC Tredder, he's the head of the, the PA. He wrote a letter or put a newsletter out saying that he thinks they're going he wants to try to find a way to have everybody have natural grass instead of the turf. Did you ever care about the surface and how do you th- like which uh, is there a side to fall on here?
7: Do you care? It's hard because it's hard to govern everybody's venue because some of these venues are in sunshine states. Some of them are in, you know, states where the the it's turf is frozen by <laughs> um, thanks, you know, uh, by Thanksgiving or even Halloween. Some of them share with a college. Some of them have high school games played. Some places it rains more than others. and dig it up. Can you imagine a, a rain game on Saturday and then the NFL has to play the next day? Mm-hmm. That's not feasible. And so, so the, the, each one has a. Some are domes. You ever try to plant grass and domes? I don't know. They they kind of roll that stuff out and roll it back in, and have the pink lights and you know, all different things that they, they try. But <laughs> I don't know if they can mandate grass everywhere. Uh,
0: the the University of Phoenix Stadium is the one you're talking about, where the the field takes a walk outside and then it comes
7: what right up. So Houston has those plates that you know they you know that kind of thing. But that that stadium in Tottenham, you, have, you know Tottenham, oh, yeah. and okay. over there in London, um, they have. They have you guys got to see that we did a game. We had our four crazy guys do the booth. Four guys in a booth. It was awesome and, though. You guys did okay. well. I thought. Well, it was it was fun. You just had to try to try to get a word in edgewise. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and, and so they have a deal where the the bottom turf is for uh, football. Is they were going to have X amount of games for pro football in the you know in the NFL, build its own locker rooms in there and everything. Else. But then they had a another big plate that had grass on it that would go in and out of the stadium and it had pink lights instead of sunshine it had fake sunshine (laughs) and uh, then they would roll that thing out over the top of the turf and play soccer 8,000 games of soccer it was unbelievable what these stadiums are nowadays Um, but anyway that's the issue is is uh, how much does a a grass field get beat up because we want to play on a safe surface not on a not on a one I got 4,000 divots on it in <laughs> the mud.
0: Um, Mooch, the, the, you're on the safety advisory committee. Is there any other boards that you're on? And how do you get selected for that board? Is it just the NFL call? Like Roger Goodell says, uh, hey, Mooch, we think you'd be good on the safety advisory thing. You want to do this and you have to say yes? Like how does that process get selected?
7: And who else is on there with you? Well, I don't know. I've been on for eight or 10 years or whatever. I, I actually took Marty Schottenheimer's place. But John Madden had been heading it up for years, okay? And John is just, and, and Ronnie Lott is, is uh, kind of the, the co-headed uh, up. Um, and it's Anthony, it's, of course, it's Roger Goodell and Jeff Bash and the people from the NFL, and it's Dr. Sills, Alan Sills, right? Our, 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 the, uh, our, our doctor, um, that you gotta have medical representation too. It's got former uh, GMs, former players, uh, some former coaches and you get a variety of, of, of perspectives. And we, we try to keep track of uh, the injury trends in the league. Huh. And this was a doozy year because it was so different, you know, because typically we would, we would keep the data from all injuries. Of course, concussions have been the most important thing. Uh, the con- most concerning thing that has really kind of altered some rules. Right. Uh, but we study ACLs and concussions and heat exhaustion and ankles and lower body injuries and soft tissue and whatever. And is it on turf? Is it on is it on grass? Is it in live scrimmages? Is it a seven on seven? Where is it? When is it? And so all of those things. And then we make recommendations to the league and, and the competition committee as to what we think like half half the concussions um, are happening on special teams. I'm just giving you hypotheticals. So how do we reduce that? Well, we we move the kickoff up and we get more touchbacks, right? So we eliminate we eliminated half the kickoff returns. Okay. That's because of concussions. And then we change the back wedge and we uh, we start at the 25 yard line to encourage teams to take a touchback. And so you know some of those kinds of things. They're all health related. They're all injury related. So we're trying to make the game a little bit safer. Uh, with less guys getting hurt and out for the year. And so we've done some of that. It's never going to be perfect because it's such a contact sport, right? The, and some of the, our rules will trickle down into colleges and uh, less less live scrimmages and practice times and the whole thing.
0: That's quite a tall task because this entire initiative was a heads-up football initiative. I assume you guys were a massive part of that as well whenever it was changing the rules for uh, defenseless receivers and the hits over the middle. I assume that was a big part of your board.
7: Part of it. I mean, we don't make that final decision. We make recommendations to the, to, you know, to the uh, NFL and the competition committee. And then of course they vote on it with the, the committee and the owners and that sort of thing. But we, we study the data and we look at it What the trends are, you know, are we, are we cutting back on con- that was for years? It, it was like, how do we cut back the number of concussions? Yeah. All right. Well, geez, you don't hit people in the head. You don't leave with, <laughs> with the head. You don't, you don't, you don't hit, you're right in practice as much and now there's only 14 days of full contact and training camp there used to be about every day it could be full contact if you wanted to uh you know all of those kinds of things and so um it's it is making the game safer we, we're trying to make youth football coaches certified right and so they know they, they can't be like reliving their childhood and smashing guys into each other they've <laughs> got to learn safe drills and they've got to be good with with how to teach football safely and play the game properly and, you know, all those kinds of things. So it's a, it's a real broad brush that we're trying to paint here. Um, but a little out of time.
0: Well, I hope like, that, I hope that was an email potentially with some numbers that state that you can change the onside kick back to what it was before the rule was changed. <laughs> I mean, but
7: other than <laughs> 6%, how about that Dallas cowboy kick? You know what? How about that? That There was divine intervention. That ball was spinning and then, and then it just took a right. It just went like it hit a rock or something and went boom. And, and those guys were trying to, they knew the rules. I mean, those guys know the rules. You can go get it, but they probably felt that it was going to die and it was going to be their ball first and 10 game over. Right? Maybe in the ball seemed to pick up speed and take it right. What was that? It was, it was awesome is what it was. Just like you. you. Get, if you kick a ball like that, you know how to do that. Mooch, come on, coach. Come on. You you didn't Muj. do that. You put it on a tee. Oh, <laughs> Oh,
0: Ladies and gentlemen, 15-year head coach in college football, 15-year head coach in the NFL, 15 years on NFL Network this season, ladies and gentlemen, an accomplished man, football guy, head coach Steve Mariucci. Thank you. Coach. All right, that's the show. Can't thank you enough for choosing losing. Can't thank the guests. We'll be back, Mignano, for a feel-good Friday. Wait till you hear who we have on the show. Bro. Oh
1: God, I can't wait.
0: Man, I can't wait either. Mm. Who knows? It'll be a great conversation. We'll go into another NFL and college football weekend. Can't wait to hear and talk to you then. Uh, This has been the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. If you enjoyed this, please tell a friend. If you hated it, just act like it never happened. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.